We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. With the biggest stories of the day, it's the Big Three at Three. Number one. Sean Bajani in for Ron Hughley, Clint Sterner, T-Mill here as well. Happy New Year's. Yep, the first one, Big Three at Three. How did it get any bigger than this? Texans winning that Week 17 matchup at NRG with a huge win over the Titans, 26-3. Dominating fashion, Clint. The Texans getting their ninth winning season in franchise history with the dub, their ninth win on the season. The most dominating defensive performance all season long, considering they allowed just 187 total yards, held the Titans to just 53 on the ground. I was hoping like hell that Derrick Henry wasn't going to get 25 yards. That's what he needed to eclipse 1,000. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins needed 61 to eclipse 1,000 for his season. They got theirs, but the Texans got the most important with a dominating defensive performance. Held the Titans 1 of 12 on third downs, got six sacks, 12 quarterback hits, eight TFLs, and they're rewarded with the opportunity to play this win-or-go-home game against the Indianapolis Colts, which has been flexed from Sunday to Saturday night at 7.15, Clint, their first primetime game of the football season. Yeah, look, in, in, in my opinion, well-deserved. Let's talk about the game that that the, the Texans won. I, I, I think this is the year, for me personally, with the Texans, this is the year, and to be honest with you, I thought it was going to be two years, but like this is the year of, of statements to be made. Like who, We're trying to figure out who in the hell you are, um, what you're capable of, how much should we buy in, is it real? So this is the year that that is a real statement year for the Texans. And they've made several statements throughout the season, good and bad. Uh, they've been inconsistent. They've lost some bad football teams. They've beat some good football teams. But when you when you look at Sunday's game versus the Titan, Titans, I, I think it was a statement game. And I think the statement that was made was a, a, a very simple one. But all good teams do it. When you run up against a bad football team, We've heard it at all levels. It's coach speak, but it's real. A lot of teams have the tendency to play down to their opponent, mm-hmm. especially late in the season when you got every excuse. Man, we're injured. We're tired. Our quarterback's coming off of a uh, of a uh, a concussion and missing two games, and it's late in the season, and we're young, and you know you got plenty of excuses to be inconsistent and, and to to play down and make it more difficult than it needs to be. But the Texans didn't. And, and, and I think that's a statement. You, you you put points on the board early. You continued to widen the gap. Mm-hmm. Critical moments in the game. You, you made it very, very difficult on the opponent. You knocked the quarterback out of the game. As you mentioned, you pressure the quarterback all night long. Your side of the ball, you run it well. You throw it well. You throw, you, you play efficient football on the offensive side. And and you look up in the fourth quarter, and the, the, the crowd's sitting down. Everybody's breaking good bread. Everybody's getting one last drink. Nobody's sweating the, lo- the, the, the game because it's in the bag. Yeah. And that's what good football teams do. Now, you got to ask, it didn't happen against Carolina. 
It didn't happen against Atlanta. You had no, you didn't give yourself a chance for it to happen against the Jets, right? And now, late in the season, when it matters the most, there's another opportunity for you to to, to stomp out a a team that you're just let's put it let's be honest, significantly better than not just better. You're significantly better than where the Titans are. The Titans are going the other direction. You're on the climb. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that for me, that's that's the overarching statement that was made was, man, you just did exactly what you were supposed to do in impressive fashion in terms of not playing down to an opponent. Yeah. Uh, Ocho just texted in 713-572-4610 if you want to uh, chime in and be a part of the show. Ocho texted in a few moments ago, said, Bajani, I think Will Anderson just took advantage of a bad Titans left tackle. Not sure it was anything Will did technically. I said, you know what? You're, I'll give you that. You're, you're probably right, and he did. We know how bad that Titans offensive line has been. That's been a massive concern of theirs all season long. But to the point that you just made is exactly what I'd said to Ocho. He took advantage of it. And for that, you have to give Will, personally, his due, his props. Yeah. And for the Texans, I didn't care about the record. It was the fact that we'd spent two days last week and a lot of people probably all week long thinking about, man, the challenges that the Texans have, given that the situation that they're in, they're playing a team that they'd faced. Now it's going to be twice in the last three weeks. Vrabel's a veteran NFL head coach. I kind of give him the edge in terms of knowing how to game plan in scenarios like this against a rookie coach, a rookie staff, essentially, with what the Texans have, a quarterback coming back from concussion, all those scenarios being depleted defensively and offensively across the board for the Texans to go out and do what they did yesterday. That was impressive. And I'm I'm struggling. I want to ask this question. What did we learn about this Texans team yesterday that maybe we didn't already know? Because we've seen them respond from adversity. After a loss, after a win, after injury, after losing your quarterback, we've seen them do all that. Did we learn anything more about this team yesterday? Was it just the point in time of the season in which they did that? They all-encompassing did all of those well, things well, yesterday. Well, let me let me let me respond to Ocho. I mean, bro, that that's the name of the game, especially regular season football. That's the name of the game. You find the opponent's duck, and you go get his ass. And yeah. you and you yeah. wear and you wear him out. That's that's the name of the game. And the truth of the matter is, seventy five percent of the games you play throughout the year, it may not be on the offensive line, but there's a duck somewhere. There, there, whether whether it's a, a quarterback that can't play, or a quarterback that wants to be too aggressive, or an offensive lineman that can't pass protect, or a team that's one dimensional and they can't run it. All they do is all they can do is throw it. Or it's a team that doesn't have many wide receivers out wide, and, and you know, like like there's. So you can pressure the hell out of them without any, you know that that's that's the name of the game, and so you're 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 not wrong, but that guess what? Barnett took advantage of seventy nine too. Yeah, I mean Barnett went out there and got the sack and yeah, a half did. And, and, and on on seventy nine. Seventy nine was not very good. He's a rookie. That 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 was their duck. And Will Levis was going to continue to hold the football. Mm-hmm. Will Levis was going to continue to hold the football. He was going to do what C.J. Stroud did and get or it Tannehill. out quick. And, yeah, Tannehill yeah. too. Right, I mean, so it's it, that's what you're supposed to do. But to your question of like answering, you know, what what did we we didn't know that C.J. Stroud was going was going to be able to pick up where he left off after missing for two missing two weeks. I don't care what you miss. I don't care if it's concussion. I don't care if it's knee. I don't care if it's back shoulder. When you come back in the game, typically the game's moving really really fast. And, and we we learned that that C.J. Stroud is is again 
I mean, the, the dude just doesn't blink. Yeah. Right? We learned that Will Anderson can can play injured and can give you something. Um, you know, I, I think we learned that Tier Tart is a force in the middle. As I mentioned before, all these guys that, that Nick Casario has signed off wa- signed claimed or off waivers or signed out of free agency are are are, are doing a tremendous job. Yeah, we'll talk about that too. I, I think D'Amico Ryan's talked about like learning his team. And, and knowing what they do well, yesterday I think went a long way for that with a couple of different positions. And so um, I think we learned a lot about this football team yesterday. Um, the tackle situation, yeah. right? Laramie Tunsil goes out. Charlie Heck and, 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 and Fant come back in the game. And, you know, for the most part, you didn't have any issues. Now, again... Jeffrey Simmons wasn't out there, but Landry was. Yeah, right. You you had there there were there was Landry's the one that got uh, Stroud on the sack. Yeah, Pete Heck. Yeah, that was on Stroud. He held the damn ball too long. Yeah, but it was. But but the, the, yeah. The, the, so yeah, I, I think I think we learned I think we learned quite a bit about the team yesterday, Sean. Uh, real quick before we get to the next one at the big three at three, the not so complicated playoff seating scenarios for the Texans. It's easy. Your appointment television this weekend is Texans and Colts, Jags and Titans in Dolphins and Bills. That's it. If you want to know what, <laughs> Yeah, baby. If you want to know what happens with your Texans, you need to watch these three games. For the Texans to get the fourth seed, that would mean they win the division. That means they beat the Colts and the Jags would lose to the Titans. Simple, right? The Texans could wind up with the sixth seed. By the way, hold on. The fourth seed, if they if Texans take care of business and the Jags lose to the Titans, they'll face the Browns at home. They will host a playoff game if that happens as the four seed. To get the six seed, the Texans would end up facing the Chiefs in Kansas City. That would happen if the Texans beat the Colts and the Jags beat the Titans and the Dolphins beating the Bills, which will be a very interesting watch because the Bills dominated the Dolphins back in week two or three, 48 to 20. And the Dolphins laid a stinker yesterday against the Ravens, got blasted out of the building, 59 to 14, I think it was. The Texans can get the seventh seed and face the Bills in Buffalo if the Texans beat the Colts and the Jags beat the Titans and the Bills beat the Dolphins. If the Texans lose, they go home. They're watching everything unfold in Week 19. We suck. You and me. Yeah. So, obviously, we hope that doesn't happen. Winner go home scenario for the Texans on Saturday, 7-15. Next up. Big three and three. Number two. The two winningest programs in college football history. Clint, colliding in the Rose Bowl. Number one, Michigan, taking on number four, Alabama. This evening, four o'clock is the kickoff. The team that wins that one will head to the college football playoff. Championship game coming up January 8th. And you know where that is, NRG. They'll face the winner of number two, Washington, and number three, Texas, which kicks off later on this evening at 745 or... Whenever the first game is over with. By the way, Wolverines favored by two over Bama. Texas favored by four over Washington. Who takes this thing and who's going to be playing at NRG on January well, I, 8th? I think I think it's simple, right? I, I, I think I think all four teams have their flaws and have their issues where there's there's not just like a Georgia in the past that's just been lock, stock, and barrel mm-hmm. and the, the more complete team. I think all these teams have flaws that that can can be exposed if, if you're not careful and when you're playing a top-tier opponent like they all are. And so, I, look, I, I like Alabama in, in this first game, and, and I, I think it's it's very, very simple. Um, I've watched Michigan multiple times this year. There's zero speed. There's zero explosion. 
there's zero twitch, relatively speaking. We're talking about college football playoff teams. We're talking about the best of the best. We're talking about the cream of the crop. And I think Alabama ends up winning this thing convincingly simply because they're athletes. They they have the they're both big, mm. strong, powerful, physical. But I think I think the fact that like like I I, I feel in Mill Road to look like Lamar Jackson tonight in terms of his athletic ability on that field with Michigan. And then in, in, in the second game, I like this to be an absolute shootout. I like this to be a tight ball game. I like Texas to win, but Washington to cover. Interesting. Interesting. I think it's a three. I think Texas wins you, by three. You and I aren't too far off. I think Bama wins. I don't think it's going to be convincing. I think it's going to be pretty damn close. And I side with Alabama because I think they've figured it out. Like, I have to give them all the credit in the world for being able to get Jalen Milrow right, get him fixed, and have him keep the mindset that he has all season long. If they're getting benched earlier this season, yep, to yep. come black come back and finish sixth in the Heisman voting, playing some of the best football out of any quarterback in college right now. Uh, you mentioned all of the uh, tangibles, intangibles with him. The coaching job that Nick Saban, I mean, he's doing it again. Yeah. He's, he's doing it again, and I, I think Bama pulls this one out. Texas and Washington's where I struggle. I could see Washington winning a close one, but I could also see Texas's defense yeah. just shutting Penix down in that offense, and they win pretty convincingly. I, that that's how I see it. I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping for a little controversy here. Yeah. I, well, I've got two problems with 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 your thought process, Sean, and, and not problems, but pushback is I thought the same thing about Oregon and Washington mm-hmm. in terms of being the better, more physical football team on the defensive side of the football. I thought they it was two explosive offenses, and I thought Oregon's defense was gonna was gonna be able to. They didn't do it. Yeah. And 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 then secondly, it, the, the Longhorns. I, I think the Longhorns are when they're right. They're the best team in America. Ah, you just answered when, Ron's question last week. I thought it was a good question. You know, when they're when when they're at their A game, which one of these teams is the best in the country? Do you think that's I, Texas? I think it's Texas or Washington. I would go. I would go with Texas. Like I, I yeah. think Texas is is nasty when they're right. The problem is, is you don't know who's coming out. Yeah, you don't. They've been inconsistent. You don't you don't know like the quarterback. You don't know if you're gonna get the A game, Quinn Ewers, or you're gonna get the C plus game. Mm-hmm. Which one are you gonna get from him? Yeah. Which is football. And, and, but but usually with these teams that are caught, you you got a pretty good idea of, of of what you're gonna get. I have no idea what we're gonna get from Quinn. Um, I have no idea what we're gonna get from this defense. Yeah. Um, it, with, then that's probably the bigger the bigger X factor is Texas defense. Um, I have no idea what we're gonna get. To your point, you could get you could get locked down, game over early. And Texas run away with this thing, or which is more likely, is Washington to run through them like mess through a goose, and this thing be a shootout. We'll find out this evening. Big three at three, number three. All right, very quickly, I think this is the biggest story in the NFL that doesn't have anything to do with an actual football game from this weekend. If you didn't think things could get worse for the Carolina Panthers this season, you're wrong. 2-14 and 14 right now. They'd fired Frank Reich after 11 games. Bryce Young struggled, nearly got broke yesterday, though did come back in that game to play. Panthers owner, during the game, David Tepper, seen on video, I guess taken by a fan, during the game, throwing his drink from the owner's box onto a fan, who then, by the way, tried to climb up to the box to confront the fleeing owner. He threw it and then darted off out the door, presumably. Yeah. A stark difference between that... And this. What's up? Have you seen anybody compete with lately? 
just weep it. Oh, uh, <laughs> get a, get a <laughs> That's us. That's us. That's in the loops, Figgy, in the concourse after the game yesterday with Hannah McNair walking down and her asking Figgy, have you seen any brooms lately? <laughs> hey, not nine win, potentially ten win Hannah. A, 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 500 or better Hannah Hannah McNair is is absolutely golden. You know, the, hey, the, Hannah's the, been r- golden all season. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. It's Does beautiful. Does this count as us being on your show? No, Hannah. Damn it. I, we, <laughs> we, we, we decided to play it. You, did, you didn't decide to, to grace us with your presence. Um, but the, the owner for Carolina. I don't have a problem with a guy throwing a drink on somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't personally do it, but I see where, you know, a, a situation can present itself uh, when people are constantly attacking you that, that you may want to do that. My problem is is the whole setup. Why would an owner that's having that's had to fire his coaches, had to fire his coaches' cronies? It's just the the first overall pick has gone south. I mean, it's just a mess. Why would you be at a game with an open suite with the windows open? <laughs> Why would you then decide to throw a drink down on a fan that mm. when it's a drink? There's no way you're not going to miss him with some of it and hit the fans behind him who yes. ain't even paying attention to what the hell's going on. You're right. So my, my, and then, to your point, do it and then run. Walk off. Like, the whole thing is just, if you want to get there one-on-one, they make it to hell in my face and somebody pisses you off, cool, I, I got it. I mean, but the way that went down, like, you, you're just setting yourself. You got too much money to be going. You got too much money to be not hiring a driver. There's four different ways that that could have gone and should have gone for David Tepper. One, do nothing because you're an owner, you're a billionaire, Get over it. Two, you could have gone Bill O'Brien and said, You suck too! Or... You suck too, mother... <laughs> or, you could have gone Lloyd Christmas, the uh, owner uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. What the hell is his name? Um, yeah, Mark Davis. There you go. He's got the Lloyd Christmas haircut. Oh, That's bad. what I call him. Uh, you know, he's he's had to thing. confront why, why fans... Would, why would he be in an open suite and why would Mark Davis have that haircut? Davis just so brushes him off. you're telling me there's a chance. You know, he, he, he waves him off like, get out of here, peasant. Or you could have gone old school Bud Adams and just shot double rods at the guy and been done with it. But he threw his drink on a fan. I'm a double rod guy. Like a piece of crap that he absolutely is. I can't wait to when see you, what this when turns you, when into. You, when you give him the rod, double or single barrel, do you do you go knuckles down or knuckles up? Like, oh, no. Are you like that? It's too much effort to just, go knuckles like up. This, just the pointer like finger this? knuckle up right ah, there. You, Tyler's one knuckle up. Yeah, it's like it's a gun. But I mean, gun, you yes. are squeezing your fingers. To, you are just... Uh, you got to do, yeah, gotta do it with intensity, breath. man. Just... Oh! Uh, intensity. Take the double so over about six minutes over here. Yeah, sorry. All right, coming up next. We'll get... We have to give a game ball out today, fellas. And I, I'm going to give a game ball out to somebody that hadn't even played a snap all season. We'll do that. And the most important player for the Texans in their 26-3 victory over the Titans yesterday. It's the Man I Institute player of the game. That's next. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. It's Reaction Monday, presented by Shoppers John Deere on Sports Radio 610. Here's The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. 
In for Ron Hughley, Sean Bajani with you. Clint Sterner in the house along with T. Mill. It is The Drive. You're on Sports Radio 610-713-572-4610 if you'd like to be a part of the show. Time now for our Man Eye Institute Player of the Game. Who would like to take the honors? T. Mill, Clint? I think we should let our guests go. I think we should let our that would guests be me. go. We are. Class- you're not really a guest. I mean, you, I mean, hell, you, you're on air as much as anybody around here, and you're major part of part of SportsRadio610.com, uh, working your ass off around the clock here. Uh, but I mean, for for the sake of the drive, you are the the guest. I appreciate you, man. I'll I'll take the honors. My man, I institute player of the game. Went back and forth on this. Was going to go T. Mills route, who he chose to be the guy for the Texans going into the Titans game, and Devin Singletary. But I think there's a really strong argument to be made for C.J. Stroud. 24-32 yesterday, 213 yards, threw a touchdown, a 12-yard strike to uh, Brevin Jordan. Uh, part of some really good tight end play for the Texans yesterday and fullback as well. Stroud had his highest completion percentage in a game all season long, 75%. Made great decisions with the football. Didn't take but one sack, one unnecessary hit. Got blasted by Harold Landry. That was his fault. Probably should have gotten rid of the ball quickly in a little uh, dump off to Devin Singletary or Dalton Schultz. But he was accurate in the chemistry with Nico Collins. That, that to me, is what was most impressive. Some of the strikes that he threw to Nico and Robert Woods earlier in this game, I mean, they were money. When I saw that his accuracy was there, when his ability to read a defense and just get rid of the ball quickly was there, I said, oh, man, it's gone. And Stroud even talked about it after the game. He would said, man, all I needed was that first first series. Make a couple of throws, and it was like being right back in the driver's seat after a two-week hiatus. It's C.J. Stroud for me, fellas. Yeah, look, I I thought C.J. Stroud had a tremendous ball game. This is one of the better ball games, more impressive ball games that CJ's had all year. Uh, I mean, there's been several, um, and, and clearly, physically, the way in which he's thrown the ball, there's been some highlight real games. But boy, when when you start digging a little deeper than the tangibles, than the the arm strength, and you just go, okay, he's a rookie. There's got to be some kind of flaw, right? And he comes out after missing two games with an understanding that it was a concussion. It wasn't just a knee or an ankle or an arm. It was a concussion. That you need to limit the risk that you take minimize the risk for four quarters um, in this ball game. Mm-hmm. And and obviously, everybody around C.J. realizes that. But clearly, C.J. did as well. Yeah, um, Getting rid of the ball quick, not trying to force the football down the field. And, and that's a lot more difficult to do when you're a guy that is really good at it like he is. Um, pick and choose when you want to drive the football. He did that. He did it well. Made some impressive throws. Um, but 75% completion. Uh, I remember him. I think he got hit twice. Uh, one of them was a sack, which which was the only time in the game where I would be somewhat frustrated with CJ because the game was in hand. Yeah, uh, he held the football too long, retreated too too deep, and and Charlie Heck ends up giving a sack. Uh, I think it was Landry ended up getting one, yep. but um, that's really the only complaints. I I just think the awareness, the overall understanding that a, for a very young quarterback to come in and understand. Um, what he needs to get done in that first game. And, and the most important thing is the win. The second most important thing is minimizing the risk. I thought he did an unbelievable job. All right. T-Mill or you? T-Mill. Let, let, old, let old T go, man. I'm always ready in more than one way, if you know what I mean. <laughs> my, uh, hey, you on one today, dude. My player of the game, man. I'm going with the rookie, Will Anderson Jr. 
Guy racked up two sacks, two tackles, six pressures. But what makes that really impressive for Will Anderson Jr. is he did all that on 12 defensive snaps. I'm yep. going with Will Anderson, baby. Tyler, yeah. that, that's that's the Will Anderson signature moment for me. Everything that you just said, I mean, that 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 is the moment that you, we've been waiting for for Will Anderson. That's and, right. And, and it, it's, um, it's crazy to think he did it in 12 plays. I'm going to ride with the man, the big man in the middle that joined us last night on uh, on the post-game show. Y'all know who I'm talking about, Sheldon Rankins, and y'all know why in the hell I'm going with Big Rankins. Levis takes the gift to Henry in the pocket. Here comes Jerry Hughes to bury the quarterback. Ball out, and here comes a score for the Houston Texans as Rankins runs it in. Scoop, score, how about that? Big Rank, tell us how it all went down, my man. Yeah, it was crazy, surreal moment. Um, you know, just... Playing football was a, was a play action pass. I'm, out, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, uh, you know, beat my guy, get 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 in there for a sack, and I beat him. And I'm just like, I'm, you know, I'm eyeing him up, and Jerry comes out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> and next thing I know, the ball's on the ground, and I'm just now I'm just sifting through trash. I'm like, oh, where's the ball? And then the moment I go to pick it up, I'm like, I'm just praying nobody from the Titans is around me. Just don't knock it out of my hands. Don't tackle me. Like, the end zone's right there. Please, just let me grab the ball. And then once I do, I'm just sprinting, sprinting with all my might. And I wish I would have had a little more little more yards. I wanted to get that GPS tracker up, show off, show, show off some speed, you know, yeah. you know, you know, really, really try to get that number up. But, man, just to be able to, to come up with that big-time play for us, I mean, it, it was special. Hey, Love look here. Fella, hey, hey, look here. Will Anderson was good. CJ Stroud was good. But Big Rank did his thing. Yeah, he did his thing, and he's the been shimmy. doing his thing. He's been doing his thing, you know, all season long, really. Something mm-hmm. that D'Amico Ryan's mentioned today, and he's talked about yeah, it a number yeah. of times, but uh, it was Robert Woods and Sheldon Rankins who spoke to this team going into the Titans game on Saturday evening during a team meeting. They got up there and they talked in front of the entire team and you know, tried to get them to understand and really soak in what opportunity they had before them. And they seized it in a big way. Defensively, certainly, that was the story from the game yesterday, even on top of C.J. Stroud's uh, return from concussion in the game that he had, which I think is the most efficient uh, that he's looked all season long. But it was Sheldon Rankins making plays to scoop and score uh, and being a massive part of a dominating defensive performance at the at the time where you needed it most. And now you need it again going into Week 18 against the Indianapolis Colts. And we'll talk about that. Look, I want to save a, little, a lot of time for this. Plenty of time for it. I'm going to give game ball out to somebody who hadn't played a single solitary snap all season long. We're going to do that in the next segment. Also, I want to talk about this. Remember, Houston, how you feel about this Texans team today. Because that's the litmus test for how you should feel about them no matter what happens at the close of business on Saturday. I'll explain next. It's a Reaction Monday, presented by Shoppers John Deere on Sports Radio 610. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, here's The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Yeah, Nick has done a great job when it comes to roster management, all right, adding players all throughout the offseason, throughout the draft process. Me and Nick have worked, you know, we've worked step to step, right? We've been, we talk about every decision before it's made, right? We make sure we're on the same page. And it's, I always say this, it works well when you see football the same, right? You know what type of players we're looking for, right? The skill set that we're looking for. Me and Nick are on the same page when it comes to that, and we've worked well together throughout this entire year. 
in for Ron Hugley, Sean Bajani here along with Clint Sterner, Tyler Milner producing 713-572-4610 if you'd like to text and be a part of the show on this happy New Year's Day to all of you. That was my favorite bite maybe all season long from D'Amico Ryans and what he'd said said there about Nick Casario and his relationship from day one works well when you see football the same way. It started before draft night, the things that you couldn't see. But what you could see, what you could feel on draft night, the splash that Casario and Ryans made with drafting C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, Tank Dell, you know, possible hits on other guys like Jared Patterson, uh, Scruggs, Toa Toa. You know, we'll wait and see on guys like Hutchinson and Dylan Horton, who's out with a personal issue for most of this season. But aside from the draft, dude, Casario has nabbed a ton of free agents this offseason, this past offseason, who paid off in a big ways. Devin Singletary, Dalton Schultz, Noah Brown, Robert Woods, traded for Shaq Mason, signed George Fant, went out and got Sheldon Rankins, Jimmy Ward, Denzel Perryman, Shaq Griffin. This roster... Now, all right, let me pause on the Shaq Griffin. Good job, and then I don't know what happened, okay? He ain't here anymore. But, Clint, you were able to... Turn this roster over, literally more than 50% of it It was not here last year. They were playing elsewhere. And the in-season signings, and you tell me if I'm forgetting anybody that's impactful here, DeAndre Houston-Carson, Adrian Amos, Khalil Davis, Derek Barnett, Kareem Jackson. Have I forgotten anybody? Probably at least one. Did you say Des King? Boom, Des King. (laughs) Who they, you know, it's a cancel out, kind of like Shaq Griffin. You know, you... You had it right because you kept them on from last year, but then you screwed the pooch and you cut them loose. You brought them back. Thank goodness. Such an impact player he's been. Led the team in tackles yesterday. Got screwed again on uh, another, not so much of a bogus call as it was in that Broncos game five weeks ago. But all of those things, man, it's just, it's been uncanny for Nick Casario to just kind of go tab the right guy at the right times have needed him. And then kudos to D'Amico Ryan's Matt Burke. Um, you know, Dino Vasso, Corey Undland, specific guys on the defensive side of the ball that have been able to bring guys in and get immediate contributions from them, catch them up quickly. My game ball's got to go to Nick Casario. I don't know who the hell else is in the running for executive of the year. I don't really care. I just know that Casario, Ryans, Stroud, all the main characters that I just mentioned, they're Houston Texans now. And it'd be great if they'd gotten their props, got their <clears throat> kudos, got their flowers, got some hardware at season's end. But the fact that... Uh, they're going to be Texans for the foreseeable future, man. That's all that matters. So I'm proud, yeah, proud of Houston. Thanks, guys. Matter. Appreciate it. There, there's just so many layers to, quote, unquote, giving Nick Casario his flowers. Because, I look, I think one thing we don't talk about enough is the table was set for D'Amico Rines to, to come in and 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 uh, really, really, you know, lay out his plan mm-hmm. and execute his plan versus have to clean up somebody else's mess. Right? I mean, I, I know it's, it's hard to believe that that Nick Casario, all the crap that went on, all the dysfunction that went on for two years, but we knew about Jack Easterby. We we knew about Deshaun Watson. We knew the 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 big the bigger picture things were stuff that we were talking about. Clearly Nick Casario was under the radar doing some doing some house cleaning, doing some roster building, and really setting this thing up for whoever the next head coach was. 
uh, to to have success. Now I think even he would tell you that that you know he didn't expect it to happen this quick. Sure. But when you give a guy like D'Amico Ryan, when you hire the right guy and he's as high caliber as D'Amico Ryan's is, and he's got a legitimate clean clean slate, he's not coming in and having to figure out who's a, a cancer and who he's got to get out of the locker room, and he's got a clean slate. And, and, and a bunch of guys that want to be led uh, and want to be pressed upon, if you will. It, it, it's, we, you know, we, ha- we haven't spoke about that enough because Nick clearly did a hell of a job in, in, in that case. But I, I want to talk about two things. I think there's two, there's two things that really, that really put Nick Casario, you know, it, it, on a whole nother level. And look, the CJ Stroud pick in hindsight looks great. But no, even when they drafted C.J. Stroud, look, Bryce Young was off the board. C.J. Stroud was next in line. You needed a quarterback desperately. You were going to take a quarterback with that number two overall pick. And C.J. Stroud transitioned, his skill set transitioned to the league better than the remaining quarterbacks, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Um, his skill set, we know now, fit Bobby Slowick and what Shanahan does with, with that offense, right? Yeah. And now I think that decision was made. There wasn't a whole lot of is foresight the right word. There wasn't a whole lot of we expected what we what we've seen this season. There was oh, we no. we yeah. need a quarterback. We like this guy. Let's roll the dice. Mm-hmm. The number three overall pick is the one that you really got to tip your cap to Nick Casario and D'Amico Rhines because that was a risk. That was the draft capital that they traded. I know a lot of people wanted to couch it as, oh, well, they only did that because they already had their quarterback. Whatever. Couch it however you want to. I don't give a rip. Fact of the matter is you moved up nine spots mm-hmm. to select a, 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 a guy, number three overall, Will Anderson. Yeah. That is a huge move. And you draft that guy, and that guy pans out to be exactly who you thought he was. You showed the world what you thought of Will Anderson by going up and moving up nine spots to draft him. Boy, good point. And yeah. now that guy is straight balling, keeping his nose down while the stats ain't there. Mm-hmm. Waiting his turn, now all of a sudden the moments are starting to come. Clearly a guy that you can build around. To me, there's been a lot of decisions made. You mentioned Tank Dale. You can go back and mention Nico Collins. They moved up to pick Nico Collins. You can mention Brevin Jordan had a good game. That was a good pick, right? I think they moved up to get him too. But nonetheless... There's a lot of draft picks that you can say, ah, well, you know, those are good picks. Will Anderson was, we believe this dude is is super special. Yeah. Like like JJ Watt type special. And we're not only going to say it, we're gonna we're gonna give up draft capital and move up nine spots to get it. For that to pan out, to me, that's what that's the first bullet on Nick Casario's Man. list of of why he should receive flowers. Without a doubt, yeah, I, I I think those are some really really great points that you made there. And you, what you just said, talking about the foresight, like you couldn't see these things yeah, coming, yeah. you couldn't see the forest through the trees because, well, for three years, um, it was it was a forest fire. <laughs> they burnt the whole damn thing down. You know, it was it was it was hard yeah. to see this thing at back at its best yeah. and back maybe better than we've ever seen it before in the 22 year history of this organization and that goes right into what I wanted to talk about in terms of how you feel about this organization and when was the point you decided personally hold on hold on hold on Sean. I, I, let me give you let me give you number 2 real quick Oh, that was only number one. Well, you mentioned number two briefly. Uh-huh. But I'm just saying these are the two top, these are the headliners for Nick Casario and him getting his damn flowers. Okay. Will Anderson, 
It's co-headliners. Okay. Number two is the dudes that they've either claimed or signed off the streets. Yeah. That have come in and played huge roles. That there is that you we can't spend enough time talking about Nick Casario and then circling back to Des King. That's you. You cut Des King. Don't tell me you cut Des King because you didn't think he was the best nickel defender on his team. You cut you cut Des King because something went on behind closed doors that pissed somebody off mm-hmm. and rubbed somebody the wrong way. And and you know what? Nick Casario and D'Amico Rhines put their ego in, in, on the shelf, went back out, circled back to Des King, and now they can't talk. They're, they're talking glowingly about each other. Right? Tier Tart, you claim him off of waivers. He goes out there, Malik Collins is out. Yeah. Tier Tart goes out there and plays plays big time minutes. Yeah. Um Derek Barnett, right? No Jonathan Grenard. Hell, you didn't have Will Anderson last week, but but what what has Derek Barnett done since? Played meaningful snaps. What's he got? Two and a half sacks at this point in time? If yep. not if not two three, and two and a half sacks, half. right? I mean, there there are they have they have five defensive backs that are on season ending IR, and their secondary today is arguably better than it was to start the season. Not arguably, it's they, I'll say it. They are better right now than they were to start the season. Yeah, right. You you mentioned Houston Carson and Amos. You know, both of those guys were brought in were brought in after the fact. I mean, it's just like Nick Casario bringing in absolute difference makers when you needed them the most, when you needed them the most, like when when you. With all the guys that went on IR, we could very easily be sitting here right now. D'Amico Ryan's talks all the time about well, our our, our coverage has to has to marry our, our pressure. They they have to be they have to be married. They have to be together. They have to work together. You could very easily be sitting here right now talking about the Texans not having a chance in the playoffs because they have five defensive backs on injured reserve and it just fell apart because you didn't have the you didn't have that coverage that D'Amico Ryan's always talks about. You just didn't have it. Right, we could be talking about that, right? But no. we're not because they they've signed guys off the streets and brought dudes in that have been absolute difference makers. And you can't do that and get the type of production immediately, yeah. Unless you're seeing football the same way, which is exactly what D'Amico Ryan said. That's my favorite thing that he said all season long because. You could see those results, Clint. We've been waiting to see individual results from guys like Will Anderson and things like that, but you could see that, and it came through at the biggest moment of the year in that victory yesterday with all of the guys that you just mentioned. And I want people to remember how you feel about this team after that moment. No matter what happens at the close of business on Saturday, remember how you feel now because – I don't know at what point in time you gave up on house money or if you're still holding on to that or if you've been all in since day one. I can tell you, for me, I've been all in with this football team and a believer in it after they'd picked up those back-to-back comeback wins against the Tampa Bay Bucks and Cincinnati Bengals. From that moment on, when this team was 5-4, and four, that's when I was like, hold on. To hell with house money. Expectation has changed because what I thought I was seeing, what I thought this team was 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 being built as for this year, yeah. I was dead-ass wrong. You know, D'Amico Ryans, I think, said it yesterday, and it really stemmed from what he'd said the players have been saying. We didn't come this far to just come this far. And I got to tell you, a lot of guys can say those words, and it doesn't register, but when you, me, you driving in your car, sitting around listening to us right now on the radio, and you hear D'Amico Ryan say those words... Even you want to go run through a brick wall for that cat. So just think about what those guys in that locker room want to do when they're saying it. And I can tell you this much too, man. I should have I should have identified it earlier. But the day that D'Amico Ryan's, I think it was actually CJ Stroud that said this. 
weeks and weeks and weeks ago that he was empowered by D'Amico and the staff to have Stroud him, himself, along with Dell and Anderson and a lot of other young players on this team to be the leaders, to yeah. set the tone, to create the to vibe. To meet with them, talk about the foundation, yeah. talk about the standard, talk about, I mean, it, it's 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 wild how this powerful. Thing, has has unfolded. All right, here's the deal. I I, I got a bone to pick. I I got a, with with the with the Texans, male media members and photographers. I got a damn bone to pick with y'all. I hope every one of y'all is listening on this January 1, 2024, because your ass is nasty. I'm going to address that next right here on Sports Radio 610. Clint, bro, I, I love you, man. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.